and welcome to another episode of Tuffy Talk here. We are so excited today to welcome Owen Valentine with Locked On Syracuse. I know everybody knows Locked On Wolfpack and what a great job Ken Gibbs does. And so, so uh, again, we're so excited to have Owen here with us to preview this top 20 matchup. I think that if if I if I told you NC State versus Syracuse was a top 20 matchup, probably any time over the last 10 years, I'd be I think most would be like, are we not talking about I mean, like, yeah, like that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Maybe basketball. I was about to say, are we talking about yeah, basketball? Exactly. But, but I mean, I don't, I don't, but I think it's kind of the opposite where for state, it's like, uh, I don't know if we'd be top 20, but anyway, so, oh, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to get going with y'all. And yeah, I think, uh, even a basketball top 20 matchup right now sounds a little bit extreme for, for the way things have gone of late. So a top 20 matchup is, is nuts on the football field and something that we are, incredibly amped to to look ahead for and, and get talking about this week yeah no absolutely well you know again and, and and obviously you know jumping right into it i think uh i, I gotta get your thoughts so do you think that having the bye week is i mean it's, it's i feel like it's actually not very common i feel like most of the time usually teams will have a bye week at the same time before they play each other just i mean because Depending on who it is, whatever it is, maybe some look at it as a bye week as a, a, a huge positive, which I think most people do. But it could be as well with the fact that, you know, our our legs were rolling. We were playing in a, in a competitive football game a week sooner than the other teams. So maybe that could be looked at as a positive as well. You know, who really knows? But where's your kind of head? Where's your kind of mindset, you know, kind of going to this game with that bye week? I think it's, it's a weird sort of balance right now for me because Syracuse has just played Wagner and that was – an absolute joke of a football game. They shortened the second half to 10 minute quarters. <laughs> I didn't like, even it was know that just, was a thing. It was chaos. Yeah. I yeah, didn't, didn't know, even know it was possible. I did not know that was allowed. So we're, you know, Syracuse, you look at them and they, they come off that game, which is it really a game. It shouldn't have been played in the first place. And now you've got a bye week versus NC state. Who's coming in with a lot of momentum, a come from behind win, some big plays down the stretch to lock that up. I definitely think that that's sort of the, the camp I'd rather be in right now. I know for Syracuse, they, they've dealt with a few injuries this season. I think they were four for four and losing a starter through their first four games. Uh, so to have those guys that were shaken up but not out get that week right now I think is important. But it's definitely I, – I do think if you gave me the choice, I would, I would fall in NC State's camp right now. And especially uh, – we talk about this, and there are a few things you can attribute it to, but Dino Babers has been absolutely terrible after the bye week in terms of record. And it's a little bit of a nod to, yes, you're playing ACC teams down the stretch. You're playing better teams down the stretch. But after the bye week, if you get rid of the 2018 season where Syracuse goes you know, 10-3 and three and has their best year in however long, they win 8% of their games. Dino Babers is 2-24 and 24 after the bye wow. week outside of 2018 in his tenure at Syracuse. So they have been awful coming off the bye. I don't know what that means, if that's a truly telling stat or if it's just a nod to who they're playing. But that number always hits me and jumps off the page for me. And it's something that I hope in Syracuse's you know, regards that maybe that's not a permanent thing. And this year, right, they're one win away from a bowl game for crying out loud. You're, you're excited. Uh, there's a lot of momentum in terms of Central New York and Syracuse football. I hope that's not the mm-hmm. case, but that stat has said everything that I need to know in terms of how Syracuse has come off of bye weeks because it has not been good by any means. Well, and, and I see over your left shoulder too, obviously, you know, you're a big Yankees fan for sure. So, so are you worried at all that, that maybe a lot of Syracuse fans might be more focused on the Yankees and the playoffs right now than Syracuse versus NC State? 
Look, I, I say this: Central New York is is a Yankees area, but it is very much divided. You've got Mets fans, you've got Boston fans. Really? Uh, there are now the Syracuse Mets here for the AAA affiliate, so there's a little bit more of a oh. push. I think maybe you're going to lose a few people in terms of where their priorities lie for that game. But this sure. this game is carrying weight in Central New York, and especially with the bye week, you get that extra buildup, so that will mm-hmm. help. I know that. Syracuse, I believe, has sold about 45,000 tickets so far, if I'm seeing that correct. Uh, I think they'll get close to 50,000 if my predictions are right. They haven't done that since, I think, 2019 against Clemson that year. So this is Mm -hmm. sort of the game right now, especially with Notre Dame having a down-ish year. Not that they're terrible, but in central New York, this is sort of the game to see in the Dome. And it's got that crowd already in terms of ticket sales. And I think, yes, maybe... You know, you'll lose some people to wanting to watch the Yankees if they they line up at the right time. <laughs> but I, I do think this yeah. can be the priority in Central New York for a day. Yeah, yeah, no, and obviously too. I mean, you know, not 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 that wasn't a dig necessarily whatsoever. It's more just, I mean, you know, I mean, Yankees are big right now. I mean, I obviously, know. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge has been popping up on everybody's screen, even if they haven't necessarily even wanted it to uh, recently. So, uh, you know, so that that's obviously a big priority right now up there. So, which I completely understand, uh, you know, one hundred percent. You know, and and I'll tell you too. You know, and I'll be one hundred percent honest with you that I am a little bit kind of twisted in the matter of the fact that i actually am a dino babers fan not necessarily as a coach but more as a person i mean 100%. he really is a a just stand-up guy like you know the thing i love uh you know i still watch it even to this day is uh god who do they beat i think they beat virginia tech yeah back in 2018 or something like that and i, I can't I remember think what it was, was but, uh, but, it might have been 16 if it was the first one okay. i think he went nuts. Yeah, Virginia in the Tech room. was big favorites. Virginia Tech was like big favorites, and they beat him in the dome. And uh, you know, and Dino Baber stands up there. They thought they were going to come in here and beat us by twenty to twenty-five points. And then you know, and you know, he come to who house and, our house and like oh, our house. And I'm like, oh god, good. I mean, again, I, I I do I do really love Dino Baber. So so like part of me is actually really excited because I mean I I would guess that unless Syracuse absolutely plummets this season that i'm assuming that this season so far this start has bought him at least a year or two would you would you agree with that i think uh that is a very accurate statement i i say i think i'm in the same camp as you right now and saying that i i love dino babers the guy i am not sold on him as a coach by any means but i do think that a five and oh start given the fact that there were reports preseason about his buyout still being over 10 mil and that's not something mm-hmm. that Syracuse can afford to even look at at this point. So after this season, he'd still be owed $10 million. He's got yeah. another year, and I think at that point, he gets to finish this contract out, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And I think that this year has been awesome. I'll put the hand in the air. I predicted them to go 4-8. and eight. Uh, They've already got five wins, so I am as wrong as can be <laughs> and am playing with house money now, I guess, at this point. Uh, yep. But they... I look at this and I I mean, no disrespect to Dino. And I got a lot of crap for this on social media this week because we talked about it last week a little bit uh, on our podcast. But I, this hasn't changed my thoughts on Dino the coach. It has not made a difference. I look at the coordinators a lot more for this success. Uh, You look at Robert and I uh, and Tony White, uh, two coordinators for Syracuse, have been absolutely outstanding. I give them the nod to this. I think that you're looking at, Robert and I has done this now in in two programs where he's revitalized an offense. And you look at what Brennan Armstrong did at Virginia 
with with an eye and then Tony Beck, their quarterbacks coach, or Jason Beck, their quarterbacks coach, outstanding. So I think that that's my worry right now is not necessarily Dino staying or leaving Central New York, but these two coordinators, I believe, are going to very much be in head coaching conversations uh, in the next couple months as things continue to shake up in college football. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so you guys are off to a great start, five and zero. Uh, most most uh, prognosticators out there said you might win one, maybe two ACC games. You guys have already you've already done that, but but yeah. but now this is where the rubber meets the road. I mean, you your stretch coming up it's a gauntlet like oh, like yeah. it's it's not inconceivable <laughs> buckle yeah up. buckle up get your chin strap tight but uh yeah. yeah um what's your expectations for the next like four or five games because go ahead Leighton well and it went also too just to kind of for those that aren't aren't sure. aware so so Syracuse plays NC State at home go to Clemson yep. which just came from that so good you luck know, <laughs> you know good luck with that uh N- Notre Dame at home at Pittsburgh, Florida State at home, and then at Wake Forest, <laughs> and then to end the season with Boston College. So, whew. So, yeah, yeah. So, just wanted to put that out for all of those listening and watching. But go ahead, yeah. Owen. Yeah, I mean, we we walked into this season looking at the schedule, assuming it would be a four week gauntlet with NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Pitt, and it is quickly transformed into a six week thing where maybe Notre Dame and Pitt are two of the easier games in that <laughs> right? stretch. Like, who thought now that? that? You look at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I look at this stretch and I really do think there's a chance they can lose six games. And that's not an absurd take. The way I've looked at this team, some of the things they've struggled with, it's feasible to lose all six. I don't think that's the case. If I were to walk away and see Syracuse won two games in this stretch, I think I would be pleased uh, and then you get yourself a Boston College sort of way to wrap up the season. So they would have what five to eight wins an eight and four season, I think is very much a success, even with a five and zero start to go what three and four to close the season out. I think mm-hmm. they win one or two games in this stretch. If I'm being completely honest, I don't know who it is. I have no indications of that. It could be, you know, a Notre Dame, maybe if things work out in the dome, but I think just the way Notre Dame has recruits and personnel still, uh, that makes that an even more difficult game than numbers are going to indicate right now. Pittsburgh seems to have Syracuse's number, and I feel like there's a thousand points scored every time those two teams play. I think that's sort of where that win could come, um, but I really do. I have no indications. Maybe you steal a win because of a quarterback situation with a team coming to the dome uh, this week. I don't know where the wins are coming, but I would say that a two wins out of this six-game stretch is very much a success. Uh, as yeah. I look at the, the gauntlet, as you guys put it, is exactly correct. Uh, this yeah. stretch that will tell you is Syracuse a good football team or are they a, the beneficiaries of playing the uh, I think it's the 15th easiest schedule in college football so far well and because that's really my thing is so you know obviously starting the year you know and it's it's and again we were kind of talking about this a little bit here beforehand but you know the ACC this year has been as weird as it's ever been. Yeah, I, I would say easily. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, the fact that Louisville easily preseason was a dark horse in the ACC, being yes. like Lee Cunningham can light up. He might be one of the top three quarterbacks in the ACC. He might be up there one of the better quarterbacks in the country. Like you know Lamar Jackson part two, um, and then you know and then you guys steamroll them, and we're like, whoa, watch out for Syracuse. 
But then, but then the more that Louisville's played, it's like, oh, okay, maybe just Louisville is actually really that bad. And and uh, so, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and 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 I mean, the fact that Virginia blew a 10-0 uh, lead to, uh, to Louisville yesterday, who Bleak Cunningham didn't even play, Louisville's starting running back didn't even play, Virginia blew that, and then you know, Georgia Tech all of a sudden is beating Duke. They beat Pitt at Pitt, um, you know. It, and then, you know, Miami lose, getting stomped by Middle Tennessee State at home. UNC getting, losing to Notre Dame. Like, it's it's odd. So, so before we continue, I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group, that has our whole world covered with agents in five offices throughout eastern North Carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need. Offering policies for home and auto, recreational vehicles, commercial, crop, health, life, and employee benefits. They are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Jessup protects the things you love so you can spend less time wearing and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Jessup. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. So, you know, I guess my first question before we kind of jump into the rest of ACC is, so would you kind of agree with my statement that even though Syracuse has gotten off, starting off 5-0, and uh, you know, obviously getting up to number 18 in the country, that we still don't necessarily know how good or bad Syracuse really is. 100%. I, I okay. do think that this NC State game will say everything for, for Syracuse. Even in a loss, I, agree. I think you can determine whether this team is good or bad. You can have a good loss against NC State and figure out where you sort of fall in terms yeah. of ACC competition and the upper echelon of the ACC right now, even if it is a little bit weird. And I think you guys tweeted it yesterday that what is going on in the coastal right now, because it makes no it's sense terrible. Uh, garbage. as to what is that whole situation. But right now I, I look at this NC state game and I, I do think it says everything that you need to know about the Syracuse football team. You're coming off a bye week. You've had two weeks to prep for this game. You should be as healthy as you're going to be the rest of the season right now. You are going in with what should be probably your most well thought out game plan in terms of you've seen a lot of how NC State is going to approach teams and and similar skill set teams, I guess, but also better teams and how they're going to approach offenses like that and defenses like that. And I think that this game, when Syracuse walks away from the Dome on Saturday, I guess evening with a 3.30 kick, uh, that yeah. you will know what this team is. And you will. T- I will be able to tell you then, I think if this team wins any games in the six-game stretch, or if they're going to be maybe winning two games or even in the conversation to win a third game in that stretch, because I think mm-hmm. that is how much this next game says. They have not played a difficult schedule. I will say the Purdue game, although it looked like crap for a while for Syracuse and Purdue did everything in their power to lose that football game, yeah. Purdue <laughs> has been decent. Uh, they beat Minnesota, who I think is pretty good right now. They're doing yep. their job in terms of beating teams after Syracuse to give a little bit of credibility to Syracuse's wins right now, but they're, they beat a UConn team. That's awful. They beat Wagner that we already sort of discussed at how atrocious that game was. They, they decided that they were going to do what Purdue did the previous week to Virginia and try and lose that game any way possible. Uh, it was just an ugly win, but they, they won and now they're five and oh, so I don't know right now. And I hate not knowing because I feel like through five games, there should be a more finite answer as to how good this team is, but it doesn't exist right now. And I, I think that you are exactly correct saying that this week and obviously the rest of this stretch are going to really redefine who this team is 
and how good they are or how bad they also might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the one thing for me is like, we already kind of knew going into this season that your defense was going to be pretty good. Like that. I mean, if you, if you had to, if you had to put money on one side of the ball, I think you would probably would have said the defense is going to be, you know, what, what, where this team makes its money, but the offense, like it's, it's stepped up. I mean, we already knew what Sean Tucker was about, right? I mean, like he's, he's a, he's a yeah. stud. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He's going to be a, a first round draft pick. Um, at least in my book, but you know, wow, I I think so. That's a bold statement. I think he is. I mean, but it's yeah. also about how the NFL values running backs too. So I think that's the one thing that hurts him in, in that argument. Um, but with that being said, quarterback play is not what we thought it was going to be. Like, like I I was like I was shocked. I mean, you, you, this is a one eighty. Uh, remake um you kind of alluded to it earlier with the coordinators that you guys have um i mean just how how impressed have you been with 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 um gosh darn it um garrett schrader schrader. schrader thank you i was thinking shafter but i knew that wasn't right but uh but garrett schrader i mean how how has that kind of been you know a good surprise for you i didn't know what to expect this year that was another one where we we heard the entire offseason that you know, he's getting better. He's getting sure. better. The accuracy is improving. He's practicing, which yeah, what does that mean? Right. You know, you're a quarterback, <laughs> you're practicing in the off season. I'd hope something's happening, yeah. right? Yeah. That's not going to tell me something we've had uh, sort of, I guess, a recurring bit on our show where I will give my, my Schrader confidence meter. And it is, it has been all over the place this year. And I think right now it's at, I said 55% because I will lean in favor of the confidence with him at the moment. He has mm-hmm. shown these incredible games, and I, I believe against Wagner, he was literally perfect. I think it was 17 for 17, and in the first two weeks, I think he was PFF's quarterback of the week in terms of quarterback rating, but I look at those two games against Purdue and Virginia, and those two games, there were a different quarterback, right. and it was a little bit of the decision-making that sort of brought you to that, that thought process that you were in last season, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of us were in is can Garrett Schrader be good mm-hmm. given you know the decision making and the O line and things of that uh in that nature and it was it's weird to see right now because we've seen three games where he looks like this brand new everything has changed quarterback that is just flawless and and hitting his receivers the accuracy is there I think Syracuse is 10th if I'm correct or top 15 in terms of uh pass completion percentage so far this year they've just been completing passes but they don't do anything special. And I think that is what works best for Schrader. He is not someone that is going to excel on throwing a deep ball. And I, I feel like I, I say this as well on my show, uh, that he is an incredible 15 yards and shorter passer. He is wonderful. He hits your target. He is not going to make mistakes in that range. His mistakes come on deep balls and deeper throws. And that's not really what you have seen out of Syracuse outside of a couple of plays. And obviously, you know, the the highlight of the season so far has been a deep ball. So I kind of contradict myself. But I do think that his his accuracy in the short game has really improved. But one of the things that I had circled coming into this season was his ability to throw the deep ball. And I'm still not quite sold on his mid to long range passes right now which is another thing that I definitely have on my high, high, high up on my priority list for what I am watching in games against, you know, the next three, four weeks, you're playing defenses that are at a level that Syracuse has not seen this year. So that is going to be the, is Schrader 
good? And that's the, you know, the same question I just posed with the whole team right now, but is there, is Schrader good or has he mm. played five mediocre to bad defenses so far this season? Right. True. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, to, you know, one thing which I want to touch on here, uh, you know, as we kind of get to the end of uh, part one here is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Syracuse definitely took a hit last year by uh, losing uh, Taj Harris uh, in the transfer portal for sure. Um, so, you know, first tell me how much of a shocker was it when you heard the news that Taj Harris was transferring? And then part B, do you feel confident that you have somebody right now that you can lean on to be that stud wide receiver just like Taj Harris was for Syracuse? I the the shock factor was there. I do think I almost saw it coming. He just sort of seemed like he I don't didn't fit the team, didn't fit the mold, like was on an island almost. And so it wasn't entirely shocking, shocking, but it always hurts to lose a guy that you've sort of developed as someone that is going to be, I guess, a reliable receiver, which is really something Syracuse struggled with last year and in the quarterback mm-hmm. struggles that they were going through. But I do think that Syracuse has found a significantly better option uh, through the first five weeks in Aranda Gadsd in the second. He is technically a tight end, I guess, if you look at the depth chart. But he is a slot receiver, and he will line up all over the field. He just has sort of become the guy that you can know is going to be open. And he runs a good route, and he gets past defenders, and is just consistently open and really has just been able to have really solid stats so far this season it was sort of back and forth early on like who is going to be the guy that steps up I go back to offensive line defensive line and wide receivers were my biggest questions going into the year for Syracuse in terms of who is going to be you know your wide receiver that steps up in the first couple of games it was a toss-up Courtney Jackson was sort of in that conversation Devon Cooper was kind of in that conversation both had decent games early on but Aranda has sort of turned into Mr. Consistent, and I think he's got almost 400 yards this season. I don't think Syracuse had a receiver with 400 yards receiving last year. Uh, and his last couple of games, he's just been, I say he's a, a PPR fantasy owner's absolute dream because he's just getting the ball. Uh, he's one of those guys that Syracuse has been able to rely on and just know that he is there. Uh, it started sort of against Purdue. You saw that jump six receptions for a hundred and change and a couple of scores. And then he's just sort of been, been able to get those reps, get at those touches and, and find, I guess, be sort of Schrader's early game go-to. I think every time they pass the ball, the first play of the game, it goes to Gadsden. So if you're NC state, double team him on the first play from scrimmage, really noted. <laughs> um, but he, he is just been that guy. And I, I would 100% of the time take him over Taj Harris at this point. So I think Syracuse ends up wow. on top uh, with a Rondé Gadsden and maybe I'm, I'm jumping to conclusions, but I, I am so confident in him right now and have really been uh, blown away from a guy that was not really on my list of, I guess I had three receivers that I thought could step up this year. And he was four, maybe five. So to come out of the woodwork, I guess, and and really jump into it has been awesome to see. And so he's got he's got all my confidence. And maybe I'll overhype him up because I like him uh, and what he's done better than Taj and some of the performances that he gave uh, before leaving Syracuse. Yeah, I don't know which hot take is hotter. Uh, Greg saying that Sean Tucker could be a first round draft pick, or or Owen saying that 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 he'll take Gaxton over over Taj Harris because I think anybody outside Syracuse says 
I don't know. Tosh Harris was kind of was kind of legit, not gonna lie. So, uh, but uh, you know, it, again, it just all really comes down to that because, like, looking at the stats, even, I mean, they're they're incredible. But you know, it just it just goes back to that. Okay, well, you know, yeah, we'll see. So, but you know, with NC State, we'll definitely uh, you know find that out, just like you said. So, uh, with that being said, we will. I was ahead, say, sometimes it's just about the fit, right? Is it's more about the person and, and not right. the talent. I mean, the talent sure. is. You know, is there, but you know how, how they fit schematically and just personality wise within a team. Uh, those intangibles sometimes yeah. overtake that. So I, I get, I get that take for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, with that being said, we will take a pause right there uh, for part one here, and we will pick it up here in part two. I know everybody is dying to talk about right now, and again, keep in mind that we're recording this on October 9th. so we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, so again. the by the time this gets released a day or two ago, uh, what's going on with Devin Leary and, you know, how available is he going to be this Saturday? Um, but we'll talk a little bit in terms of, you know, whether he is called to be available or not. How is that going to kind of affect the game and the mentality here going into Saturday, as well as to talk about Sean Tucker, talk about predictions, things like that. So make sure to tune in for part two once again. But uh, also to Owen, uh, you know, if you don't mind, because I'm, I'm sure there's probably a lot of state fans out there that are, Looking forward to this game. It'll probably, you know, some might be interested in hearing kind of the opponent's take on, take on this game. So uh, what are some uh, ways for, for them to find uh, your content, Owen? So we are on Twitter is going to be one of the easiest ways to find us at LO underscore Syracuse. So it's LO as in locked on and then underscore mm-hmm. Syracuse. You can find us on YouTube, anywhere you're getting podcasts. Uh, but Twitter is sort of our main hub. Uh, but also honestly, wherever you listen to a podcast, wherever you are going to watch. So YouTube is, is a big one for us. Uh, just locked on Syracuse on YouTube and then locked on Syracuse, wherever you're getting podcasts. And then on Twitter, once again, it's L O underscore Syracuse. If you want to check us out, uh, later in the week, we'll definitely have two or three episodes coming out previewing NC state, uh, and sort of the Syracuse perspective on that for anyone looking for it. Perfect. That's awesome. Well, thank you all so much again for tuning us. Make sure again from our side, if you don't mind, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell if you don't mind. So, because first of all, it's free to do and it really helps support us and the channel. And also, too, uh, so that way you're notified on all your devices whenever we release any new NC State content, whenever we release part two of this episode that you will definitely not want to miss out on. And also, too, if you're a big NC State fan just like us, hit that like button if you don't mind. Also, to give us a follow, Tuffy Talk now on Twitter or Instagram. But thank you all so much for joining us. We'll see you all for part two. Go pack, baby.